To American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matt. And I am Jesse. And today we're joined by our guest, Chrissy Mayer, a podcaster, comedian. Thank you for coming on the show. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, pleasure's all ours. We're totally glad to have you on. And uh, why don't you tell, tell the crowd a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, um, I have red hair. I'm a 34 double D. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm the host of a sex dating relationship show on compound media called the wet spot. And, uh, it's every Monday, 8 PM EST. And, uh, I mean, before the, the pandemic stuff started, we would have guests in studio and fans mm. could sit in or call in or send us emails. With Don't questions. you miss that? Like, yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. I kind I don't miss the sweaty hugs, but everything else. <laughs> oh. Yeah yeah you can do without those for sure matt and i have been uh coast to coast for our show so we we haven't like been affected as much by it but i wouldn't i'll take a sweaty hug matt yeah yeah next next time i see you i guess i thought i was gonna have to mail one in a weird way you know like a sweaty (laughs) t-shirt i'd like to see that (laughs) like mail in like a sweaty shirt of yours and be like just sniff it (laughs) oh dude i'm not doing even major like there's something wrong with this package yeah the dog the dogs would alert on that one yeah Aww. um but yeah that i mean it was good and bad in a way like it was great to have people in studio we could do fun remote segments in studio much like early days of howard stern where we you know just like wrap up a dude in saran wrap and kick his balls like you can't do that over zoom so that like that kind of stuff oh, i really miss but what's been great is that it's it's allowed me to get guests now through zoom that like you know, are, are anywhere. Whereas in studio, you're limited to just who happens to be in New York promoting something or doing shows. And now there's, there's no, none of the clubs are open in New York. So uh, it's almost kind of better in a way, you know, cause you're just not going to get anybody in person unless they're like the comics that already live in the city or in the boroughs. Right. No, I would say there's like an aspect of it being more comfortable for your guests because they're in their own domain, you know, calling from like their like, you know, little nook wherever they are. Oh, they, yeah. They don't have to wear pants and no one exactly, will know. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's the that's a fun secret. element, too. Yeah. 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 That's a lot. Yeah, sometimes I'll do like shows or podcasts or whatever, and I will just be like in my underwear and then I forget. And then I'll do like a big leg cross and I'll be like, ah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hey, that's guys. A, yeah. yeah. The nice thing's been the uh, the newscasters who get caught with that kind of shit. There's oh. plenty, yeah. plenty of those compilations out there now because they got them working from home. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, nothing's going to top that. Like, I think he was this a CNN reporter where, like, his his two little kids, like, busting in on him. And he was doing, like, the most <laughs> oh, serious God. of news broadcasts. North Korean, then, like, missile launches and shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the worst part is people are like, oh, my God, the maid came in. It was so funny. The maid came in to collect the children. And he was like, no, that was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my asian wife you guys fucking suck (laughs) and she was scrambling i remember that video yeah it was so fun oh my god you can't you can't like write something better than real life um so yeah i do miss like the in-person stuff but zoom you know you gotta adjust you gotta look for the positive in in everything 
So, and it's also allowed me to develop my one-on-one podcast a lot more on that's the Chrissy Bear podcasts. And I'll, and I'll just do like one-on-one long, longer form interviews with like just one person. And, uh, like recently I've had like Austin Fletcher from Flecka's talks, um, Zuby, who is a British rapper who broke the women's deadlifting record by briefly identifying as a female. He, oh just, my God. You know, he was like, this is for all the people who think that biological men don't have a physical advantage over biological women. He was just like, boom, and like did it. And he went yeah. viral over it. Um, had like vermin supreme on who has run for president every year i got a chance to listen to that yeah. that episode you know i listened to a couple of them and that was that was one in particular that that i found really interesting he had he had a lot of cool things to say and you asked a lot of really good questions uh, and i also sometimes wonder I, what i wish i had asked him is like yeah like uh i think there's a certain comfort you can have in knowing you're never gonna win you know like there's you can kind of just relax and do a few things like did you get the feeling that like, I mean, from what he said, like he know there's some, he knows about the joke that he's doing, but like, right. d- do you feel like he feels that way? Like he's not planning to ever really win. I mean, he says he's he running. No, he's never but... going to win. He knows what you have to do to get into a place to actually win. And he's not doing this. I think he, he's making a statement by running for president. I don't think he actually wants to win because it's like he he's just doing certain things that are going to keep him from ever coming close and he knows that right. so uh it's just like and it's like it's performance art in a way but it's also like has a political message he's made his way into a lexicon for sure i mean you guys talked about the free pony idea and the fact that that's now used widely um in, yeah. in, in the vocabulary and stuff it's it, you have awesome guests on i have to say and and you've had a few from uh compound media as well yes right? yeah that's it's nice because like you know a lot of the fans are sort of crossing over which is great yeah it's like i did one with dave landau that's probably going to come out next week um yeah i've had like mike figs who's my uh sidekick on the wet spot um i gotta get michael malice um gotta get kumia i've had gino visconti i gotta get aaron on um but yeah that's just like it's just like a matter of time because it's like i'm friends with all those guys so it's just like scheduling nice for me it's more exciting to get into more like libertarian-minded people and more like i i uh i just recorded a episode with buck angel who is known as like the man with a vagina it's like he's a complete like uh female to male transgender okay he's still he doesn't have a penis and 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 the amount of people who call him transphobic is insane you like it's like it's like a it's crazy and he it's a really good episode it comes i think it'll come out like next week or so and he just talks about like this is my you know you're you're taking away my own life story from me telling me that like the way i live my life is wrong because i don't fit into like this really narrow um definition of what it means to be trans so and he's a cool dude he's he was like He's like, yeah, oh yeah, I, I admit I have a mental illness. Like I have gender uh, dysphoria, which mm-hmm. is like a mental, which I think it's not really out there much um, that that's what that is. People like to say, oh no, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's not normal. And he kind of like, this is his life. And he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm not normal. This is, you know, and we talked about like, should should kids be getting hormones, you know, and he's not a proponent of kids getting hormones right away. It's like, you need to be in extensive therapy before that's even on the table. So that I'm excited for that one to come out. That sounds like a really interesting talk. Yeah. And it's, and it's the fact that it's coming from someone who's actually gone through the experience. It's like, that's who you have to listen to when you're having those yeah. kinds of conversations. So that that's, re- it, like I said, you're having really interesting guests on. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, so we're, I'm constantly, you know, there's like the big ones, like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to um, interview like Jenna Jameson, just cause I've seen her, like she's fully been red pilled over the few months. Like she's definitely in the, in the Q movement. So mm. um, she would be like a big get. Um, so yeah, working on a few others, but it's been really good so far. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, with now, you said the wet spot. That's more of a like relationship and and yeah, sex podcast. Yeah, it's a sex dating relationship panel show. So so the people on the panel will be like comedians, porn stars, um, like sex therapists, um, like you know maybe like a counselor type. But it does fall more often than not to like comedians and porn stars, just because mm-hmm. like there there's more of them. And, they more uh, to more to say too. They're the more yeah. Uh, yeah character and, yeah and open on the mic yeah and we're answering questions giving advice um playing games but since the like pandemic stuff started like the formatting you know we've become flexible with the format of it like sometimes we'll do just like a clip show a rapid fire like everybody answering questions uh and sometimes it'll be like kind of more of an interview and then figs you know is talking more because he's not just delegated relegated to the couch or whatever so he's like his own square now um which is nice but we still make fun of him <laughs> and yeah there was definitely a need for oh yeah i'm wearing a shirt right now uh there was a need on compound media for like a is that like a guinness led... kind of style he's got going yeah, on yeah it? It, does. Cool. it does look I like dig it. it yes i need to get us some shirts for wet spot um there was definitely a need for like a female led fluffy topic kind of show because they do a good job with covering like you know, current events and politics. And I was right. like, oh, let's get something for the girls. No, but I, I have a lot of like <laughs> guy fans too. So. Yeah. I mean, anyone who is like in a relationship or has relationship issues, I'm sure can get something out of listening to a show like that. Yeah. And like some people think, oh, it's all just like everything's at a thousand percent, like super graphic, super kinky. It's not always like sometimes we just talk about like regular ass issues, like keeping the spark alive and so it's not it's not always like, you know, something going up someone's butt. Right. I got one for you. I got engaged yesterday. Oh my god. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Any advice? Um, well you already did it. You can st- you know, you still have time to drop out. You still have time to call <laughs> oh, it off. Run. Run. <laughs> I mean, advice. I've never been engaged, so I don't have any advice um for you at this point. But I mean, how long were you dating? Uh, Since like 2011 we've lived together together and stuff there's a lot of like finalies and like about times coming out oh and i'm sure people were giving you shit and giving you pressure for it i think as long as you've seen the person through every season um i mean i think two years is is a good amount of time that sounds right sometimes you age enough like enough shit you need every season you need to see the person through like a firing a death um like a sickness you know Mm. Cause it's like, you don't really know like who somebody is till they're sick, you know, or like, uh, mm. you know, it sounds so cliche, but like, see how they treat wait staff and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Every scenario. Yeah. I mean, who knows how people act? Yeah. I yeah. could never be one of those people that take the gamble where you never lived with somebody before you actually like commit yeah. your life to them. Like how know. fucking crazy is that? Yeah. I don't know how our parents were, do- were doing that. Like, I don't know how, <laughs> like we're like the oh. first generation of people who are like, uh no let's see uh like how you take care of a toilet you know what i mean like, let's <laughs> see fucking... how long the socks stay on the floor let's trial and error this shit yeah yeah, yeah. take a it's test fucking... demo run it's like a grab bag for your fucking life it's like yeah I'll just 
take a chance. We don't know what's inside, but you know what? It looks good. <laughs> you know what it is too, though, like with our parents' generation and before that, like you didn't have to try out living with each other because like it didn't matter. Like if the guy was a total fucking pig or if the girl was a total fucking pig, it didn't matter because it's, it was up to the woman to pick up anyway. Like that was your job. It's like, yeah, there's it doesn't a matter how, roles. how, how, how clean anybody is or how you mm-hmm. share responsibilities. Like none of that shit mattered. It was ultimately like the, the guy would be gone all day working and like the woman would just be home, like taking care of babies and cleaning. So it's like, it didn't matter how easy you were to mm. live with. You got your work life. I got my home life. Doesn't doesn't matter that you're a shit bag. Yeah. I only got to see matter. eight hours a day. Doesn't matter that you miss the toilet every time you drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, multiple podcasts, and it, it, I was looking through IMDb. It looked like you've guessed it on like other podcasts as well. Oh yeah, past. I'm a regular on uh, I guess the Real Ass Podcast. I've done a bunch. I like nice. those guys. We had Zach Amico on a little bit ago. He is yeah. so funny. He's such so a good funny. dude, and he's. Yeah. He's one of those really great podcast co-hosts that like he's not he's not trying to hog the spotlight. He's a good listener. And if there's a lull, he's like quick with a punchline or something mm-hmm. funny. And like, you know, every time he he talks, it's funny. He's not just one of those guys that like has to be all about him all the time. <laughs> Lewis. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask what your opinion is of Lewis. Like, he seems he's, like he's so cool behind the scenes. Like he's not like totally the guy on. Yeah, like, he is a cool dude. I really yeah. admire and respect how how just over the course of like I don't know, definitely inside of the last ten years, um, probably less than that, that he has like just grown and built so much mm. up for himself. Like he hasn't. He's oh, yeah. a he's such a good example of not waiting for somebody to give you something, which a mm. lot of comics I think get stuck and they get depressed waiting around to be like plucked out by a comedy central by a hbo mm. by an agent um it's it's and he and some other comics have have followed that example of like oh yeah like uh netflix is not picking up my shit i'm just gonna put it on youtube for free mm. and yeah. and i'll monetize it and guess what like then uh, you know a million people or close to it i think listen to mark norman's new special and it's like mm-hmm. There you go. They've heard of you. They're gonna come out to your shows. It's like at this yeah. point, like it's it's really exciting to see that we don't really need management for as much as we thought we did before. You know, like there's so much in your hands that there's almost like no excuse. You know, like the people that are sort of floundering, you're like, okay, well, your heart's not in it, or you're lazy, or you're just like making excuses because we really have so much power ourselves as uh, as artists these days. Do you, yeah. do you feel like the internet has made that kind of impact and without that it would sort of be stuck in that that uh modality of you know waiting for someone to give that handout yeah it's changed the it's changed the game so much like you're not it's like it's like my po- there's people in australia listening to my podcast holy shit like how would that have ever <laughs> happened before like they, i may not ever see them at a show but like it is really cool to see like oh okay i i do have enough listeners in this state or that state um and you see like what your demographic is and Mm. uh who likes you and where to find more of those people and um yeah your reach is so much more but it's also like the pressure is on because you're that much more exposed and and you're you're open to that much more criticism and i have this like little tiny baby fear in the back it's like maybe it's the um what what's the the sin like the uh it's a psychological thing where they say like you're afraid of being found out as a fraud. It's oh, like, imposter syndrome. Imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. So yep. I totally have that. There's always a little bit 
in the back of my mind, like the more people get to know you, the more podcasts you put out, Chrissy, the more people will know you that you're really, you're not shit. And like, you don't know what you're talking about and you suck. And with every, with each podcast you put out there, like people are closer and closer to, to realizing that, you know, but I have to like get over that. Yeah, totally. You, yeah. you absolutely have to. Cause mm. I, that, that's, I feel like that's in most people's heads. I can't say everyone because you know, there's probably those fucking superheroes out there who have that, that, undeserved confidence they roll roll yeah. out um, sociopaths yeah there you yeah. go that's what i was yeah, thinking of. um fucking but like even yeah matt and myself we i'm sure we've we've both experienced mm. that to some extent putting these podcasts out but it's like the more you like even with comedy going up on stage i'm sure the more you do it the more you actually become a professional in that and put it put those hours and sort of re refine it and then it's like you're yeah. not the imposter that you may be thinking that you are it's scarier mm -hmm. to put out a video than it is to do a stage show because like live stand-up, it's like, oh, there's what, a hundred people in that room? Whereas like you put a, a video on the internet, it's like, that's unlimited people, you know? And, oh. they, and, they're, and they're judging it and you out of context. Like if you do a stage show, it's like that audience has like an hour or half hour to 45 to an hour to get to know you. Mm. So... They may not like you at first, but at the end they'll be like, okay, I get this girl. I get where she's coming from. But if they just see like, like a lot of times, like I'll put out like a parody video or something and, mm -hmm. and if people don't understand sarcasm or that like, they're fucking dumb or just, they just don't like comedy. They can, they can see a video or an impression and just much more easily take it the wrong way mm -hmm. or uh, get offended. Whereas like in a live show, it's like you're getting to know the person. And you can't feel your energy as well either. Like they feel like that's the biggest thing. Like that's why a lot of comedians don't even like watching stand-up specials because it's like you can't get that yeah. energy compared to a live crowd. And then the reverse is true too because so now you have all these uh, all these YouTube stars that have a million fans. That people fucking love them, and now they transition to do stand-up, which is fine or or like performing whatever. I'm definitely not one of these people that that says youtube stars can't perform at a stand-up club oh you're taking it away from somebody else it's like <laughs> fuck you you need to know how businesses work like the club wants to fill seats this person mm. can fill seats you've done you know you there's 10 people in brooklyn who know you are so it's like who are they gonna book um but then the youtube stars run into the reverse problem of like you can bring the audience but you you don't have that same energetic connection with a crowd mm. that uh that a seasoned comic does they like they, they are so good <laughs> yeah they're so good exactly exactly that because comics are so good at telling the story of them and they're, they're they'll charm you you know a good stand-up comic is like there to charm the pants off the crowd mm. yeah. whereas a youtuber exactly they're relying on the on the quick cuts you're only seeing like the the top moments like mm -hmm. the uh Cream of, best cream of, of the right? crop there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, overload. So it's like, we all have our challenges, right? If you're like a huge YouTube star, it's okay. You better work on, on your connection with people in real time. And if you're a stand-up comic, then yes, you actually do have something to learn from these YouTubers who are really good at promoting themselves mm. online, who are putting out content regularly. Not that you have to be fucking Logan, Logan Paul and record yourself taking a shit. Like not everybody needs to see every second of your life. Like, no. I, like mm -hmm. I think that's like so obnoxious, but like there, I feel like there's a healthy balance and each group can kind of learn from the other. Yeah. Cause if you don't find that balance, it's gonna uh, obsess your entire life around those metrics and shit like that. And then we we've oh, talked yeah. talk to people too about how, if you lean too much towards that of like, okay, what's my demographic? What are people looking towards? What do they want? Which of my videos did the best? 
last, then you almost end up getting away from the things that made you funny in the first place. Exactly. It's so easy, especially if you're a person who just naturally likes to people please and likes to, you know, you're like, I have to, you know, not that you're obsessed with success, but like you're, you're more about the outcome that like you're, I don't know. It's, it's like growth, you're more right? about like your grades, right. Than, than anything else. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, even artists, right? Like in art class, it's like, oh, like enjoy making a painting. But it's like, if I don't get a good grade on it, well, then I got to change my style to what to what the teacher likes kind of in a way. Like, yeah, you can't let your audience dictate your art. So it's like, yes, it's good to be aware of those numbers. But yeah, you definitely shouldn't be a slave to them because then you're going to like turn into fucking Katy Perry, you know? <laughs> That's your future, well, Matt. Don't look at the numbers. She's rich as fuck. I will take it, dude. <laughs> Dude, I'll take it. I'll put, I'll put mints on my boobs. Do what I got to do. I don't yeah. know, man. Candyland, come on. This episode of American Slacker is brought to you in part by Dango Products. Made here in America, they offer wallets, watches, and many other accessories. A couple months ago, I ordered my DO1 Dapper Pen Wallet in their patented DTEX, which is amazing. The DTEX that they've created is a material that is scratch proof, water resistant, and so easy to clean. You know, if you're working out there on the grind, getting your pockets dirty, maybe getting your wallet dirty, this thing will clean up and you can go out in the tux at night and you won't even know the difference. Check out their quality selection of wallets, watches, and other accessories at dangoproducts.com. Use the promo code SLACKER for 10% off your order. SLACKER approved. What's up, guys? This is the Brothers Binge with your host, Pedro and Alex. As he sneezed, he shot back into a bag. <laughs> Clear waist. Oh my god. We are a weekly podcast bringing you all things movies, TV, comics, and more. Dusty Matt Damon? Yes. yes. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Yes, we get it. You are an extra. You got paid money. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brothers Binge. And he just breaks the table in half and just starts throwing it at him. <laughs> and remember, always binge responsibly. Well, she allegedly like sold her soul like legit to the devil. Like she in the beginning of her career was <laughs> a gospel singer and like yeah. Christian. Oh, yeah. And that was that was not working for her. And I think she got into like satanic rituals and like made a deal with like somebody like up up there in Hollywood. Bubble, and, and now, bubble gum pop Satan. Yeah, there's a few, you know, there's people who will review her music videos and they'll point out like all the examples of um of like like basically like satanism and like mm. devil references and shit like very obvious the more you look at them and you're like oh so shit with with that kind of thing with this satanism i've i've heard of like the like it seems like there's two sects there's like the ones that are trolling other religions almost and then there's like the real like actual ritual type stuff uh, i guess so yeah i mean i'm I'm trying to like look, little look more into it. I know very little about it too. I just know the ones that like I just I'm familiar with the ones that run Hollywood and like politics and then I'm not I'm not and then I guess you know you have your friends that are like just basically goth, you know, and like Yeah, that's um, Troll, more, um trolling. They're mad at their dad. <laughs> they're mad at their dads. I don't I don't believe in anybody, you know. Um in ter in terms of comedy, uh the, the shutdown and everything has to have kind of thrown you for a loop on it. Oh yeah. I had like um, a 10, 12 city long. It was like my first big oh. headlining tour, all booked, ready to go, paid for a flyer. Shit. <laughs> Woo. 
cool. It was funny. It was funny for me because I did one of those shows and then the rest were canceled. Like we got to hold on to them because they're going to be like limited edition. Limited once, edition. Once everything opens back up. The canceled tour. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be rebooking all of those dates. Um, East soon. Coast or West Coast? They were it was mostly East Coast. It was like okay. Ohio, Boston, some Jersey um yeah yeah it's mostly mm. it's mostly east coast that's a but then i had bummer, the one but... show in la that was like the only one i did hmm. and there was like less audience than i expected and i remember like i opened to the crowd i'm like oh you know this is the very beginning of the coronavirus and i was like you know like this was the show was sold out but just yeah. you know three quarters of the audience is stuck on a cruise boat with coronavirus <laughs> and that was just like when no one knew anything about it oh man um, but What's, that was that was like legit a, a real part of like why it, it, right. did, it didn't do as well as it should have. Yeah. Um, but it's like you live, you learn that there's not that many headlining shows going on in LA unless you're like Burke Kreischer and up mm -hmm. type level. It's it's a lot of showcases. Um, so I also was doing spots at like the Comedy Store. That's what I like Hollywood about Improv. LA. Though. Yeah. It, the fact that you can pop in and and see all these people that you otherwise you know would never have known or come across yeah yeah it's cool it's cool to go out there it's it's i met a lot of good people and i was like very productive so yeah where's your main practice grounds for comedy like normally before all this shit my bathroom um <laughs> hey that's a lot of people's practice you look in that mirror and just go wild you know yes <laughs> take some pills oh, um, man. that'll make it interesting the clubs that i like in new york like um that i would be sort of the most regular i think the stand uh, in Union Square and oh, yeah. West Side Comedy Club, I get up there quite a bit, and like a good mix of like a lot of alt shows too. Yeah, like really, really kind of all over, and also like whoever will have me, like Gotham Comedy Club, like nice. You know. That's awesome. Yeah, all those places are legendary. Um, that's fucking wild. Yeah, so Matt's you got, just like, a little north of you up in Albany. Yeah, so he, yeah. He's hit okay. up some of the uh, New York City clubs. Yeah, like um, it's they're just like such an ideal practice ground. I think like LA is great and everything. I think it's way oversaturated. It's really tough to get on the mic. And I think that honestly, New York is starting to shine. Is it's going to be the future of comedy? Like, just so many fucking crazy good people are coming out of there. Like a lot of my favorites are just on the East Coast these days. Yeah, I think people glamorize LA. People also glamorize New York, and then they when they get. To either place like there's challenges in both place right like mm. with la it's like oh you're fucked if you don't have a car and like you kind of have to have more going for you to to make it in la you you have to already have like kind of a big audience or a, or good management um because to start cold in la uh, i imagine it would be almost impossible Oof. but i think new york is a better city maybe to start cold start mm. fresh start new in because that's what i did because i'm from long island Mm. um and then people also have that fear like oh you're, you're being seen too early you know you're being seen in a big city too early because you're too new you need to you know work sounds somewhere, like a good like, problem to have <laughs> where work somewhere like boston get okay and then move to new york but not everybody can do that because sometimes you just live closer to one of these big comedy cities so yeah. i did like i mean improv for five years and then because oh, wow. i had an internship at conan when i was in college and i was like oh i really cool. want to do comedy and did improv for five years then i did a one-woman show and i always thought stand-up was the scariest thing i was like this looks 
so intimidating. Yeah. But at that point, I'd already done a show where I'd been on stage for an hour and done like six different characters. So I was like, okay, I can, I can try this. And so now at this point, I've been doing stand-up for 10 years. Wow. So it's like, just be ready for it to be not glamorous. I mean, sure, you have your people who get real lucky, like Michael Che, who does stand-up for two years and gets scooped up by SNL. Like, But that's... That is the extreme minority. Yeah. Like, get ready to slog away for 10 years, not travel, maybe not have kids, um, just not see a lot of friends. Like, that. It, it, it's, like, almost like joining the army. And, like, it's not at all joining, like, the army, right? You're, like, the not Comedy get, army. <laughs> you're not going to get shot at. It's not – no push-ups are required. Depends but which it, clubs you're going to, probably. It is oh, kind true. of like a lifestyle choice in that, <laughs> like – if you want to get good, you got to try to get up every day um, or at least, you know, be smart about it or get up three times a week, you know, two times each. Or it's like you got to do so many reps to get to just your baseline comfortable part. And then there's the whole social media branding part of it. Like mm. what is your it takes years to find your comedic voice and then how best to market that and find your fans. So it's definitely not it's not it's not something easy to do like oh I'll just I'll just try my hand at comedy and I think that's why I fucking despise and disrespect <laughs> LA comics because a lot of them get into it by way of just acting and they think mm, that yeah. that's the mm. way to help them get a comedy role in an Apato film like let I me mean, I'll just you know I'll just try comedy because it's you know why not like I'm a funny guy yeah, yeah. right that's a lot yeah. of that. yeah yeah man it's definitely a crazy scene to be involved with a lot of work and uh i think a lot of people just think it's like you know you make people laugh in the locker room and you can just do it you can just get on stage and fucking mesmerize a crowd like yeah. it, it's not fucking the same at all it's Learning like all someone things, someone wandering up to Jimi hendrix and being like yeah let me just let me see the guitar i'm gonna just entertain the crowd for a little bit like yeah yeah, like, yeah it's off, like you're dude. able to make your friends laugh because you spent whatever five ten years they've been getting to know you you know that audience you know yeah. that audience so try doing that and knowing a, a, a huge crowd of people for two minutes try having them oh. like you in five minutes you know mm. your friends mm. have liked you your whole life like that's do the you, skill do you get reads off the audience from like the the comics that go up before you in a show yeah i have to watch the comics who go up before me i don't understand okay. people who who don't feel the need to do that it to me it's like it's like getting a sneak peek it's like you're seeing what they're laughing at mm. i i go okay how many how many single people are here how many women are here how many oh. like boyfriend girlfriends are here how young do they look like do they look like they make a lot of money do they not what kind of political jokes are they laughing at huh. um huh. that's funny so you're actually yeah. gonna acclimate your act to what you're seeing there like how often yeah, do you change not, it Is it's this not common? like i won't do certain jokes some people are like that like I will just change the angle. You know nice. what I mean? Like if I have jokes that are shitting on like women or feminists or um, something like that. Okay. Well, here's a good example. Like I'll have jokes about like being slutty. Right. Uh, and like, you know, just sleeping around a lot. And then I go, okay, this is an older crowd. These are married couples. And that <laughs> happens a lot. I go to, you know, the middle of the country you know mm -hmm. and you're like okay these are old they, nobody in this crowd has had a threesome i'm pretty <laughs> certain of that you know no they, they don't know what pegging is i'm pretty sure <laughs> so instead of going well if i i can't scrap my jokes about having sex in 
the time I was single. Cause if I scrap all that, that's a lot of material. So I will reframe it in a way. I'll be like, wow, like look at these beautiful couples. Like I wish I could get to this level. Like I wish I could have somebody love me for 35 years. You know, mm. like my longest relationship mm. was like pff, four inches, you know, <laughs> and I'll just like switch I'll I'll make it because it's because the, these old people don't want to hear like oh here comes this like this chi- this slutty younger chick she thinks she's better than us like they're gonna turn off so it's yeah. like you had part of the charming process is to be like no you guys are in the right you guys made the they made good decisions like you guys are stable I'm the one that's unstable I'm the one that's like let's all like laugh at me like I want to get to where you guys are so you just have to like spin your perspective like not that you yeah. have to scrap your material but it's making them feel comfortable lower yeah that think wall. about it if you're the audience like what's going to turn you off and like tell you know make them feel good about being there being the, who they are and watching you kind that's of that's an amazing comedy lesson no seriously that makes a lot of sense honestly yeah yeah, and it takes years to get to that point because it's so easy to be like, fuck you, I'm going to be me, you know, <laughs> I'm proud. And it's like, okay, that's nice until you're in a room bombing uh, in, in, in the middle of like <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Or on Kill you know? Tony. I love that. Yeah. I love oh, Kill God. Kill yeah, I did that show like, too. They think yeah. they're going to be the next Jesselnick and they're going to be arrogant on stage like... <laughs> I don't know how like, people can challenge. do Kill Tony as a brand new comic. Like and they challenge it's they don't the, know. the panel. Yeah. They challenge the panel and there's guys, there's fucking 10 year veterans like you fucking on the line, ready mm-hmm. to fucking ruin their life on a record that's on fucking YouTube with millions of views. Like It's like the ignorance <laughs> is blessing. It's like they, they just have no clue how high the stakes are. And they go, oh, uh, I'm going to get on, I'm going to get on YouTube. I'm going right. to do it, you know? <laughs> It works every once in a while. There is one, you know, that'll be like, yeah, this is the first time I've been on stage, you know, and you wonder like, oh, are you lying? Because sometimes they do really well, but that's not common at all. Again, Yeah, it feels like it's like a splash of Apollo theater with a splash of America's Got Talent (laughs) with like a splash of Roast Battle. It's like all these things together, but it's like ruthless. So How, how was your time on it? I was really intimidated. I was really nervous. And I, um, Tony gave us the speech before because it was my first time and it like was Braveheart or what, what kind of speech? kind of yeah he put the war paint on me and nice. um <laughs> oh, who was I doing it with who was the guy next to me Matt Brown Bronger Bronger it was both mm-hmm. of our first times and I had actually opened for Matt in Vegas like three months prior which was good I was like okay nice. I know this guy and he was he Tony basically said to us like don't feel like you, you know, this show is already happening. This is almost like this is a volleyball game that's already happening. If you can get in and get one good bump, great. You know, like don't feel like you need to constantly be saying things like this show is already great. You know, not in a, it wasn't in a cocky way. He was like, this right. show is already great. You're just there to kind of like enhance. So like almost like no pressure, you know, yeah, reassurance to you. Yeah, reassurance. Yeah. But then uh, you, but then you sit down and you're like, Oh God, I really was like sitting there. You have to be so present. Right. Cause that's when you think of the funniest stuff. And mm. you've also got to say your thing in a reasonable amount of time. Like if you had a funny comment and you wait too long and now that funny thing was five minutes ago, you look stupid. So you got to drop that and then listen and try to get a new funny thing. And I also felt like every single thing I said had to hit, you know? Mm. 
it's almost like you don't get any throwaway lines because you maybe speak eight times in that whole show. It's got to count. Yeah. It's got to count. And I felt, I felt like, Oh, okay. It has to be quality over quantity. So I just like, wait, I like said, you know, I think I did pretty good. And Tony afterwards was like, if you're wondering how you did, you did pretty good for like nice. a first time person. I was like, oh, thanks. Where's the vodka. <laughs> um, but then afterwards I had some people saying, you know, in the comments or whatever, Oh, like she didn't talk very much. And I'm like, Oh God, you know, because I wanted to say more, but I also didn't want to overstep. Right? Yeah. Oh man. It, yeah. So feeling, feeling before was nervous. Feeling after was. Was awesome. Yeah. And, and also like felt like during it I felt good too it's like once you get that first laugh it's just like you being on stage yourself it's like cool. if you get that first laugh you're like okay it's gonna be okay you know what I mean like they are okay with how my mind works um I knew that I was similar you know I had a similar sense of humor to Tony and and, and uh and red band so i was like okay i know this will work but then it's like you don't know this audience like i don't perform in front of like big la audiences like i don't know i don't know how they are so after that first laugh you're like you're like it's gonna yeah. be okay all right cool and then they gave me a huge bag of weed afterwards they had like a nice. weed sponsor Speed weed. and uh, i was like oh Speed my God. Weed did that. california yeah. gift bag for you <laughs> yeah. i i can't stop talking about it i must talk about it on like every show every person i meet i'm like look at this they come in their own little cylinders perfectly wrapped <laughs> just for me and like these little edibles that i haven't I haven't taken them yet. My op I flew my opener out too. We were staying in the same hotel. And so she's like, oh, can I have, I was like, help yourself to whatever's in the bag. And they gave me like weed lemonade that I was like, I can't fly back with this shit. It's like too many ounces. So I left it for the maid. Um, <laughs> nice. That's no, a hell of a tip. I left her money too. Cause uh, I imagine they'd be like, look at this fucking stoner. Leaving <laughs> yeah, right. Weed lemonade. But then like, you know, she just like helped herself to like a bunch of the edibles and then I just came back at night and she was like, still like, she just was, she passed the fuck out. She had too much. So edibles are a little nerve wracking for me. They, they affect you. They'll, they'll knock yes, you Yes. I just had a bad experience. Like a friend gave me like made weed brownies at the beach, like years ago. And I did what everybody does where you have a few bites, yep. you wait a half hour, nothing's happening. And then you eat two more whole brownies and then you're just face down in the sand for the rest <laughs> of the afternoon. I do it. Matt swears they don't work on him. Oh, oh yeah, they don't mm. work. I've seen this man eat a space. There's a very though. scientific explanation. pretty goddamn I won't get right. into this right now. All right, I have to defend myself commonly when we talk about edibles on the show. <laughs> it's it's the way I metabolize them. It just happens. THC like THCA or whatever the fuck it is doesn't process well with me. I just mm. it doesn't affect me. I've had okay, yeah, cool. Thanks. My, my theory is Good for you though. That's like that's my a theory skill. is he blacks. No, out. it's not a skill because <laughs> I've wasted a lot of money because this guy was like, No, they'll work on you, they'll work on you. And I've like literally taken Tests are inconclusive. Plus I say we do more research. Of dispensary. Does anything work on you? Like is, is it yeah, like I smoke I smoke okay. weed like every day. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. I love weed. Um yeah, we yeah. do a little bit of weed news every so often on our like episodes with just myself and Matt. Uh we kind of like update as to states that are fucking making it legal or you know different are you guys both in la no I'm, I'm actually i'm in northern california in san jose Oh, okay matt's yeah, over I'm, in albany new york yeah i'm in albany right now i'm moving to orlando next month mm. what's Ooh. up abandoned in new york packing his but, uh, shit big up fan of, you're gonna go work for disney world i might you never know <laughs> no you could slap uh, a mickey head on that man Oh, it'd be so hard in the summer, though, to be in those costumes. No, I would never. What? Why like do I got to be a sauna. mascot if I work for Disney? No. No. Right. <laughs> no. 
No. I just thought it'd be funny. It's a nice not peddling me. Disney's not peddling me out there. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm no stormtrooper. Support for American Slacker comes from Manscaped, who's the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I don't know about you, Jesse, but I am sick and tired of being outmatched by these razors and traditional trimmers that you get in the store, and no matter what, they, they fucking snag your nuts. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have a lawnmower 2.0 razor, which they have sent our way, has a proprietary skin-safe technology, so you won't get those nicks or snags on your nuts. Nice! Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Yeah, and with our 20% off code plus free shipping, you're going to be uh, saving a bunch of money and getting some great products that won't end up uh, making it look like a war zone down there. All you got to do is enter Slackers at checkout. Manscaped.com. 20% off. Get your anti-chafing ball deodorant, your sweet lawnmower 2.0. Your nuts will thank you later. You can even rep them by getting yourself a Manscaped.com t-shirt. So head on over to Manscaped.com, 20% off at checkout, enter code SLACKERS. Get your ball swag here. Hi, do you like celebrities, comedy, and pop culture? Well, then I have the podcast for you. I'm Aaron Max, host of the Yes and I Am podcast, the podcast where we learn about people. Each week, we take comedians and improvisers and give them a celebrity to play, and I interview them. And guess what? Sometimes the comedians don't know who this celebrity is. And that's when the real fun comes in, and we learn a little something we didn't already know about these people. So go and check us out. We're on iTunes and all other podcast source. We are Yes and I Am, and we will see you guys next time. So any any plans for the future in terms of like podcast guests or I know that uh, shows are kind of difficult right now. Are you doing any of like I know there's Zoom stand up things going on. Oh, I despise <laughs> the Zoom stand up scene entirely. It's weird, right? Yes. Yes. I, I was like, I judged it immediately. And I was like, <laughs> look at these fucking retards. Like they're not because I would see so many people that wouldn't get booked regularly on a regular ass stage. Like can't yeah. wait to do a zoom comedy show and it's like where was this energy when when this wasn't here like where was true where was all this like go get them when uh you know pre-pandemic uh and then i did i was like fuck fine so i did one and immediately my soul i could feel my soul leaving my body it's just flying uh-huh. away and um is it just the lack of like having the audience in front of you and feeling that energy Yes, it's 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 like one hundred percent that like because you get an energy from a crowd. You can look at people and uh, and plus there's this the classic Zoom lag. You're like, huh, <laughs> what, what? And then you you don't know if people are laughing or if it's just a Zoom oh lag. God. And then someone's like, and they just freeze <laughs> and you're like, I'm having a stroke. You know, um, there's just like so many layers that keep you from it being like at best it's okay. You know. And I know that some of them were paying. I just was like, I, I guess I'm not that hard up for money right now. I just don't, yeah. I just don't want to do it. If people like, cause you can laugh just as much, if not more hearing a really good podcast and mm-hmm. hearing, 
people like bullshitting and riffing and um you there's clever ways you can kind of get into jokes in a podcast um so i i disagree that that's that's not the only way to like keep fans and keep sharp and to stay funny is there's a in what we've been doing you know for this past hour you know we're having a conversation things that are funny come up but uh we're not forcing it with like lag involved mm. uh yeah <laughs> just because i'm in my apartment right now like this my computer is resting on an old german radio that my dad gave me before he moved to florida so the radio I, only plays german stations <laughs> it only plays just nazi propaganda damn it's so oh, weird damn. every time i plug it in i'm like huh like you gotta unplug when the guests come over <laughs> where are the trains going um and then behind that are like these plants that are dying i have oh, like old notes from other pockets it's a sad scene for me you know what i mean like it's hard for me to get into the i'm loving the, the quartz behind you there the uh, oh yeah oh yeah that's the mood right looks great I'm for a, us we're seeing I'm a crystal that. person well yeah oh. this side of the camera looks like i have my shit together you guys don't want to see what's on the other side <laughs> that's everybody yeah it is everybody it's like we've had to clean this is my idea wall this is chalkboard oh really wow as you can see there's no ideas Um, (laughs) fairly blank at the moment yeah yeah but it's like yeah it's zoom zoom stand up it's sad for the comedian it's like it's probably less sad for the audience because if they're if they're Mm. just regular people they're looking for something to do Mm mm-hmm but then the audience has, you're off the hook for not laughing. Whereas, whereas like when you're in a club, some comics won't let the, the audience off the hook for not laughing. You can actually stick it to them. Be like, fuck you, you're not laughing. Like, loosen up. What's your problem? You can't do that in Zoom. It's like you can't get in somebody's face. Now, speaking of the crowds again, do you have any like memorable heckler moments? I always like to hear those from comedians. Mm. Do you have any or have you had the lucky, nothing that's like really stuck out? Man, I used to do, we used to do this heckler show years ago at Stand Up New York where we, that was the whole thing. Like we'd have plants or we'd like encourage people oh. to heckle. And I think, God, I think maybe my parents came to one before my mom got cancer. And I think like my mom was trying to heckle and like after a joke, she was like, woohoo, yeah, way to go. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> but like uh, memorable hecklers. It's good if you no, don't. No, I haven't have had yeah, any sort don't. of like Steve Hofstetter gotcha moments. Although he's he a that. lot. He's a I, magnet for he it. He sets those up that. himself. Yeah. So it's that's his thing. Uh it, it also seems like I've watched those with my girlfriend. Well, my now fiance, I should say. And uh fucking she's like she has something within her. She's like, if we ever see him, I need to heckle him now. So I feel that's like he's it driving yeah. it to bring them there almost. Um yeah, that's his thing. I don't really like conflict. I don't, I really, I like, <laughs> that's how I was raised. It's like, um, we don't really, you know, fight. We don't mm-hmm. just, we just sort of like are passive aggressive and then everybody would just disperse. There we wouldn't really like communicate our feelings. So I don't like conflict. And so, so it's similar like- similar to upstate New York culture as well. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I just really want the crowd to like me. And if I notice even somebody checking out or like rolling their eyes, I'll try to address it early on. And I'm not going to say anything like, that's going to elicit like a visceral reaction from the crowd. It'll probably start slow. Like there's mm-hmm. probably someone who just gently doesn't like me throughout the whole show. Like I just don't have anybody. I just don't have, cause I'm not like, Hey, the earth is flat. Like I'm not <laughs> saying anything that's going to really like piss anybody off. 
right off the top. We had uh, Ian Fidance on, and he he was saying that he sort of has a technique where it's like, you know, if the heckler says something, you ask him to repeat it, and that way, or and or you repeat what they said into the mic. Yeah, sort of. That's good. Amplifying their stu- own stupidity. That is so that is so <laughs> important to do because um, as a comic, you think everybody in the room heard what they just said. Yeah, and they don't. Like they didn't. So whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, like a heckle, it's always really important to repeat what somebody in the crowd just said, because sometimes that is enough to get a laugh. And right? it doesn't, it's not, it's not even necessarily funny. Just sometimes somebody in the crowd saying something is just funny for reasons that don't make sense. It's usually a drunk person, like relating to the story and like throwing something out about themselves. Mm-hmm. I've noticed yeah, that like a the lot. Littlest nuggets. How long have you guys been dating? Oh, this is my sister, you know, like <laughs> perfect. It's like, so, that's your sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's and to to a comedian that might seem like hack and like an easy crowd thing, but like to a brand no, the audience hasn't heard that before. So it's funny to them. It's in the moment to you. I feel like you you almost have to embrace those. You do. What so what else did Ian say? Did he just say like I just repeat it and that's it? Um, he said that sort of gives him the moment to also uh come up with if there is gonna be some sort of comeback. It it like you said, he said the importance of sort of uh, letting the audience know what the dialogue is so that it can, uh, yeah. you, you have that time to sort of work something up and, and say it back as well. Yeah, every comic is so different on ha- on how they handle that. Like I'm not, I'm not somebody who, wa- unless I'm really pissed off at the person and it's like that has to build up to a certain point. Like mm. I'm not trying to make the heckler look bad. I, I'm trying to like weave them in to the quilt that is this show. Like if I can make what just happened look good, make them look good, make them look funny, but also make them like quiet down. Yeah. Um, That's kind of like ideal, but sometimes, right. Sometimes you get a drunk person who won't shut up and is ruining the show. And then you, then you kind of do have to like get on them and make fun of them. As like a fan of comedy, I I just can't get in that mindset of that fucking person. Who's just like belligerent. I mean, I can, there's there's a two drink minimum and they probably had five before is what you know I'm what it is too if you if you like are a person in your life you don't feel like you're heard enough right like maybe mm. it's your job your family your relationships like you just don't feel heard you have you know people are always interrupting you you're a quieter voice or you feel like i could have been a comedian i'm the funniest guy at work <laughs> i get so much attention everywhere i go and now i'm in an audience where i have to shut up and listen and now plus they're drunk yeah it's like a the perfect storm for that just something can trigger somebody it's like it it's sense. like a certain type of dude like i'm the funny guy i'm helping and then i feel like there's a certain type of chick who's like who thinks that every night is her bachelorette party where she's mm. just as like entitled to, to the room's attention um so it's like you, you learn there's like certain types that tend to like heckle and they don't mean to heckle. They just, they just can't handle this much time going by without their, them getting attention. Jeez. That's exhausting. Just, I couldn't be that <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah. That's yeah. probably why we don't do that. <laughs> do you, do you have any other. advice for, uh, I, I know that this is a weird time for anyone who would want to get into comedy and stand up right now, but maybe once things open up again and it's a little bit back to some kind of normal, um, do you have any advice for people who would want to get into comedy? Yes, have rich parents. That's my number one tip. Bam. For getting into stand-up comedy. That will make your whole life easier. All right. Well, I can't check that box off myself, but anyone on that's I listening. would say hang 
on to your day job as long as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, make other sacrifices in your life so that you can dedicate yourself, like really find what you're strong at and tape your sets, see what's getting the best reaction um, and see if you can do more of that, right? Without like, without it affecting your authentic voice or whatever, like, mm. but yeah, like lean into your strengths, whether it's impressions or stories about yourself or being self-deprecating or talking about your parents or like mm. whatever it is. And um, yeah, of course, like, just just be ready to like really dedicate yourself to it as fully as you can. Because if you half-ass it and nothing's gonna happen, you could mm. be very talented, but like, uh, it's almost like you have to be more hardworking than you are talented to see anything happen because there's just so much competition. And like, you have to be on your own ass because no one is going to make you do it for you. Like there's no, there's no boss. It's not a team there's, thing. There's yeah. nobody like, Hey, your, your posts are due. Where are they? Um, like, look at what the comics that you admire are doing and how often they're posting and, and like, that's always, I think, good is like, look at what the people ahead of you are doing mm. um, and just don't listen to anybody that's behind you. You know, like the guy who's, oh, you're never going to make it. Well, that that dude's a pussy and he's never gone for anything he's wanted to do in his life. So <laughs> like, keep looking forward, hang on, hang on to your day job. And um, yeah, like, listen, like, listen for what's what's making you happy, mm. you know? Good advice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's definitely different than any other comedian said on the what show. What do most really other comedians say? Tell us to fuck Ooh. off. I mean, I mean yeah. really? <laughs> a lot of them will say, don't do it. Like Tim that, Dillon every, is that's like, honestly don't every, do it. That's, 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 that's a the lot first word out of their mouth every time. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. <laughs> or um, something I don't like know. that. I don't know. I just, that's not actually helpful because if you're, if you, it has to feel like a disease. Like it's like, mm-hmm. you, you're like, you're no, I can't not pursue mm-hmm. this. I can't not try stand up. Um, you, hearing no, don't do it is like not helpful. That's just gonna make you feel a little hopeless. Well, so. you do you do hear a lot of the like sort of the negatives or or the the uphill battles that you will face. But I think it's it is all in good faith that people mm. are saying these things because it's like it's the reality of it. Yeah, it's not and a smooth road. No, like you said, it's not all Michael Che where you do it for a little <laughs> bit and get picked up and yeah, like an SNL but, deal. <laughs> that's the uh, the outlier of of the group the more common route is fucking grinding and the, and it's the biggest tragedy is how many com like stand-up comics are like have been doing it for so long like really aren't funny and like clearly aren't enjoying themselves like mm. they're fucking miserable but it, and then you're like what you haven't gone anywhere in 10 years why are you still doing it um so that's sad to see. Like, don't let it get yeah. to the point where you're like, well, I can't quit. I don't want to be a quitter. But you're also not putting your foot on the gas and you're not working smarter and you're not like figuring anything out. It's like somebody gets stuck in that nine to five grind and they're like, fuck, I hate this desk job. But like, it's mm-hmm. who I am. Like, yeah. And it also helps. Yeah. Like, like to the part where I said, like, look at who's ahead of you. Like, yeah, try to make friends. Like, who, who do you admire that's doing comedy that's accessible to you and nearby? And, like, go to their shows. Try to be friends with them. Not, like, kiss mm. their ass and ask them for shit. But, like, yeah, if you eventually make friendships with these people you admire, great. Because then you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to uplift you and help you to work harder. Not with, you know, if you have friends that are lazy, if you have friends that are, like, just, like, 
you know, numbing themselves with drugs every day, it's like, okay, that's going to make it harder for you. So mm. not that you have to like get rid of those friends. Like those friends are fun on a weekend. Definitely but, keep um, in touch with them because they might OD, it sounds like. No. <laughs> or you might need, a, <laughs> might yeah. need something one day. Check it, some wellness checks on those folks. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what happens. It's like, I've made friends with people who started out as fans just because they were around like compound media a lot, or they were around shows. Mm. Um, so it helps. Like it's yeah. like, it goes either way. Not like you can, you only should be friends with people who are. Well, it sort of sets up your it. mentality for what's possible too. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to be as self aware as possible. Like I feel like therapy really helps just for my own like well-being, like knowing what my unhealthy patterns are, mm-hmm. you know, because that if, if I'm not addressing that, that's going to fuck up my comedy career because it's like if I know that I have a fear of rejection, well, then then that can turn into like a loop mm-hmm. where I get to a place where I'm not even trying and I'm not putting out as much, you right. know, like videos or whatever it is, because I'm just like if I if I was succumbing to that, um, what's that thing called? Uh, where you think you're not good enough. The imposter. Right. If you're succumbing to your imposter syndrome, that can so easily get you to a place where you're barely posting, Mm -hmm. not doing enough mics. Oh, I have these new, I have this new material, but it's, it's not good. So like, eh, I'll try it. I'll try it next week. I'll try it next week. And then you've taken yourself out of it. So like trying to figure out what your issues are and like pushing past them is big part of it too. Oh yeah. Steps to life, man. Steps to life. <sighs> Chrissy, and thank comedy. you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again and uh touch yeah. up with you once once you're let loose again into the world to do oh, your I'm art. loose. I'm already loose, baby. Well, be <laughs> safe if you're loose out there. <laughs> um, real quick before we go, how do the people find you? The people can find me um uh at ChrissyMayer.com. That's where my website is and my one date uh of a show that's coming up i think i have a date in august and like on the jersey shore nice. yeah watch the chrissy mirror podcast it's on youtube spotify soundcloud itunes leave a review i got sort of crushed by the asians when i put out my kung flu fighting video and i got oh, no. like <laughs> they didn't take massively a trolled yeah at least they didn't come and beat you up yeah, yeah. <laughs> the asians were not happy with me for six weeks but it's better it's a little better now you got over um, it, they're on to someone else. Yeah, Move yeah, on. of course. And then um, the wet spot on Compound Media. And then you can follow me on social media, all things Chrissy Mayer, C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E-M-A-Y-R. Awesome. And I have a Patreon. And I'm oh. on TikTok. Nice. Ooh. Nice. Definitely check her out, people. She's obviously hilarious. We love it. Um, and uh, yeah, well, thanks for coming on again. And uh, everybody at home, thank you for listening. And until next time, that's it. There you go. Thanks, Jesse and Matt. We're smoking America, America. We passing America. I'm mapping America, America. I'm second America, America. We talking America, America. We blazing America. This is fucking America, America. We're second America, America. This has been American Slacker Podcast. You can reach the show by searching American Slacker on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. Or send them an email to American Slacker Podcast at gmail.com. You can download and rate American Slacker on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and all other podcast platforms. Visit the show's website, aspodcast.com, where you will find every episode, official merchandise, and links to their Patreon if you would like to support American Slacker. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Think about-
about the second set of passing. Man, I gotta go and get it, grab it. Why you gotta go and neck it savage? Smoking weed, I gotta feed the habit. Now I'm on some other shit. Things that I gotta go get. Medical all on my slip. You falling like dominoes, bitch. Stuck in my ways, fucking high days, fucking sideways in the driveway. We smoking America, America. We passing America. I'm mapping America, America. I'm second America, America. We choking America, America. We blazing America. This is fucking America, America. We second America. We second America, America.